Happy Thursday, everyone. Welcome to Moneyball Minute. I'm Kirk Henderson, Editor-in-Chief of MavsMoneyball.com. Coming to you after still buzzing following the Dallas Mavericks' defeat of the Miami Heat. Uh, it was quite the game for anybody who missed it, and for anybody who wants to listen to a 90-minute celebration, we did so in the Mavs Party green room chat, which I recommend everybody go and download. So today was more or less a, a slower day in Mavs land, though uh, news of sorts broke in the, the Mark Stein green room where he confirmed that the Mavericks are not in it for uh, for uh, Goran Dragic, which... For me personally, I'm frustrated. Um, I understand the Mavericks don't have a particular role for him, which, you know, he wants more minutes. He's still quite a good player. If you don't think so, then just remember he was probably the second best player on the Miami Heat in the finals uh, like 18 months ago. Uh, I really think the Mavericks could have used him for a variety of reasons, but the fact that they are currently sitting at 10 games over 500. Some of the earlier arguments that we've all made for or wanting him on the Mavericks don't hold up as much anymore. So the question sort of turns now to, is there anyone else in the buyout market that the Mavericks uh, could be in play for? One of the things I think that is sort of under-discussed when it comes to um, buyout market guys is that, number one, they don't really affect teams' win or loss chances. There's just not been that many over the last 15 years that have really done it. The Mavericks were lucky to get Peja Stojakovic, and he was huge uh, against the Lakers. And that was pretty much it during his time. And, uh, you know, he played some regular season games, but, you know, in terms of playoff moments, it's not like the, he, you know, was a big finals guy or anything like that. Um, you know, the, the Dallas Mavericks, um, the, or I'm sorry, DallasBasketball.com, you know, the, the S, the, Dallas Mavericks Sports Illustrated has talked about, you know, their Grant, um, what's Grant's last name? I know Grant. Um, Grant, Grant Afseth pointed out, you know, is are, there's some bigs on the market that maybe the Mavericks should be interested in, which I think that's the case, but I also think a number of teams might be interested in, uh, you know, like a, a Robin Lopez or a, a Tristan Thompson, and I don't think the Mavericks... Um, are going to be first suitors for those team for for anybody like that just because you know they're they're fifth seed. So it's a little bit um, disappointing. You know, it's it's kind of goes to to talk about in terms of the roster construction why Josh and the rest of Mavs Moneyball have really been so hypercritical of the Dallas Mavericks roster building going back for years. Because while the back end of the roster should always be flexible, look at what some of the competitive teams or the the teams higher up in the standings are doing. It's, it is a little frustrating that Dallas has locked themselves into so many players who they either consider uh, like immovable or that they need to keep. Uh, I don't want to name specific players, but if you were to kind of go through the roster, you could probably point out three guys that really don't have a specific role on this team at the moment and don't bring a ton to the table. But that's that. That's sort of the the nature of, of you know, when you're a middle-of-the-pack playoff team. Um, so pivoting back a little bit before we look ahead, uh, there were some fun posts that we did on, on Mavs Moneyball, which I recommend people check out. First, Josh Bowe wrote an article about Josh Green and this really incredible pass that he made, um, to the far corner. It was like the closest thing to a Luka Doncic pass that I've seen from anybody in a long time, because he honestly puts curve on it. He's on the left wing and he puts some curve on it and gets it over to Brunson in, uh, I'm, uh, 
he's in the right wing and then gets it to Brunson in the left corner. And it's just, I mean, it's a sort of like chaotic good play that we, we really like to see from green and that he just hasn't really gotten the opportunity to do that much of because, you know, it's a Luca centric offense. Um, then we also covered, uh, our guy, Luke Askew did a post, um, about this really ridiculous pass that Luca makes out of a double team where he's getting kind of, it's almost a triple team where he's dribbling into the right corner and kicks it, uh, cross court to Brunson who flips it over to, uh, Davis Bertans. And it's these sort of like play breakdowns that I really love coming from the Mavs Moneyball staff. It's just, it's just fun stuff. And, and I hope we try to do more of it. Looking ahead to tonight, the Mavericks play the New Orleans Pelicans, who recently um, obviously acquired C.J. McCollum, and the Mavericks are going to be playing on the road here. They are, uh, you know, the Mavericks are basically a 500 road team. The Pelicans are borderline awful. Um, they made this trade, I think, as an attempt to push for one of the play-in teams, and it's I'm going to be very interested to see what they're able to do. Uh, they have... Basically, so they're coming off a loss against the Grizzlies, and so they're going to be looking to try to head into the All-Star break with some sense of purpose. Um, they they are 12 games under 500 at the moment, and they don't really have any injuries other than Zion Williamson, but if you follow NBA news, news broke today that Zion Williamson may need another foot surgery. And the sort of like existential dread that that hangs over the franchise right now is is probably quite palpable. It's not dissimilar to what we were going through and really are go, uh, we're going through as recently as last week with Kristaps Porzingis because now that that you know the guy with the constant injury concerns isn't on the team it allows you to be freed up to just kind of enjoy the basketball and the Pelicans are are, are have been constantly building towards Zion and putting together guys for Zion but Zion never plays. Um, it's a very disappointing situation. Uh, I remember being very like just distraught that the Mavericks didn't luck up and go go pick up uh, a higher dr- a lottery pick and end up with either you know him or someone in the top three of that draft. But you know the Mavericks seem to have a way of 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 working themselves up despite the the uh, kind of bad luck that can befall them. Um, that's about all we have heading into today. I'm really looking forward to the All Star break. Uh, the game will be, you know, this weekend, and then we'll have a few days off. The Mavericks play tomorrow, or I'm, excuse me, the, the Mavericks play tonight, which is Thursday the 17th, and then they don't play another game, I don't believe, until the 25th of February. So that's, you know, more than a week off for, for some of these guys, and they, they really, really need it. Uh, the Mavericks have been winning a lot, but I also think they're they're very, very tired. And coming out of All-Star break, they have quite the schedule, which we will talk about at a little later point in the day. Uh, if you're looking for other stuff to, to read or to listen to, I know my buddy Dalton Trigg actually got an interview with Nico Harrison, uh, current Mavericks general manager, which you all should know. Um, he, he let me in on a little bit of what they talked about, and I think it would be very interesting if you uh, uh, had a chance to listen to it. So head on over to the Step Back Mavs podcast and give them a holler. Uh, thanks so much for hanging out with me. Look for Josh and I to do a uh, post-game After Dark podcast, and then we will also be recording another either group therapy if the Mavericks lose or my recently rebranded Mavs party if they win. Everyone have yourselves a great Thursday, and we will see you soon.